0: Hey, everybody. In today's episode, Nate and I will be talking about players that we consider high risk players come draft time, but also players that have a high ceiling as well. High risk, high reward. All right. Will you be taking a risk on these players this season? Will Nate? Will I? Well, Why don't you stick with us and we'll tell you. Let's get to biz. Welcome in, everybody. How y'all doing today? Welcome. It's nice to have you here. Welcome into the Apples and Genos Fantasy Hockey Podcast. My name is Blake Creamer, and we're switching things up today. I'm going to be your host, and I've got the cream of the crop when it comes to fantasy hockey here with me today. My one, my only, my everything, and my best friend, <laughs> Nate Groot Grudeniblick. Nate, how are you feeling tonight, my man?
1: wow that was uh that was quite the intro you really stepped up your game there blake i appreciate that's the nice. uh the kind thoughts and i hope to uh, live up to half of them uh, especially with reference to the cream of the crop
0: oh yeah so damn modest too just just you're like a triple threat a quadruple threat oh my god <laughs> he, he's married ladies i'm sorry all right yeah that's that's fine i don't know where i'm going with this all right Um, We got a really good episode here today. I'm excited to talk to you about this. Um, We are getting to biz with our top 10 high risk, high reward players in draft season. Nate and I have identified 10 players and we're going to determine if the juice is worth the squeeze. All right, with these beauties. So I've got both Fantrax and Yahoo ADPs here and we're going to go off them. Uh, And there are some discrepancies for sure. I think to me, Fantrax is a little bit closer to where I value players, and it, the the ADPs make a lot more sense there. I think with Yahoo, that you know, there's a lot of people dropping out of mock drafts probably, and you know, guys that are injured or just getting faded big time or injured last season. So I don't know, um, but that's that's what we got here. Um, before we start, Nate, do you have any uh, thoughts on different ADPs uh, before we get started um, with Fantrax and uh, Yahoo?
1: Yeah, I think Fantrax just generally has like a a sharper user base than Yahoo does. Yahoo is by far the most popular uh, as far as I understand it, Um, the most people playing on it. And so by virtue of that, the ADP is just kind of whatever comes out at the beginning of the season that tends to be pretty close to the ADP because a lot of people using Yahoo just frankly don't know any better. And uh, Fantrax is like uh, where you obviously play a lot of dynasty fantasy hockey and a lot of pretty hardcore fantasy managers are over there. And so I do think that in general, the fan tracks ADP is a little bit sharper uh, and a little bit harder to gain an edge on if you're looking to do so.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I think a lot of these high risk, high reward players, uh, like we're kind of looking at the fan tracks ADPs. Um, so keep that in mind. And then, yeah, one last thing before we start to Nate, how do you define a high risk, high reward player?
1: yeah so i think there has to be both of those elements to the player there has to be some element of risk where you're you know what you're investing into that player is a fair amount like you can't be somebody who you took with the last pick of your draft because you're not risking anything with that player right there has to be some amount of risk that you're taking to put that player on your roster but then there also has to be this case where they just completely outperform uh, what you uh, what you ended up paying for them there has to be a scenario that you can tell yourself at least in which they just totally blow up this year they exceed everyone's expectations and um yeah they just become even more of a reward than you're expecting when you drafted them
0: yeah absolutely it's it's all you know and we'll be talking about this as we go through these 10 players but it's just about your risk tolerance right and something mm-hmm. i really preach you know on cream of the crop pod and and we talk about it here as well is is kind of safety right <laughs> is 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 safety in certain rounds right we want to make sure we know what we're getting for a little bit and then we can start taking some swings but some of these guys are some swings and they could definitely pay off so let's uh let's just get into it here so the first player we're going to talk about is Timmy Stutes of the Ottawa Senators oh my god um yeah love this man um you know I loved him a lot more until Nate talked me you know talked me out of him so that that was fine thanks (laughs) Nate killjoy um, but so Fantrax ADP on Timmy Stutz is 18. Yahoo ADP is 31. So he's going pretty high, right? That that is significant, right? 18 to 31. There's you know a big difference between there. So um, to me, the risky part with with uh, Timmy Stutz is where he's currently being drafted, especially in Fantrax, right? So yeah. 18 to 31. You're still looking at a killer's row of players, right? Mostly proven fantasy commodities. So uh, fan fan tracks in particular, he's going before Crosby, Zabanajed, Miller, Neil Adder, Stamkos, Barkov and point. So that you're taking Timmy Stutz over all those guys, right? So when you spend that kind of draft capital, you want to know what you're getting. And yeah, he, you know, Stutz had a great year last year. No question. 90 points in 78 games. That's amazing. Right. And it was a massive jump from his previous season, which was just 58 and 79. Right. Um, deployment was a huge factor for him, right? In 2021, his line mates were Connor Brown, that Edmonton oil of beauty and the formidable one, Alex Formanton. That's yeah. who he played the most with in 2021. So, and then last season he was playing with Brady, the woodchuck Kachuk, and Claude Giroux. So, um, and he also played three minutes more, right? His deployment was crazy. So, um, another risky part to me for Timmy Stutes is, um, his efficiency, right? He was extremely efficient. 17.1%, the highest of his career. Uh, the other half of the luck metric here is IPP was also a career-high 73. So those things can potentially regress, meaning less goals, less points, all that stuff. You know, so <laughs> that's the Debbie Downer portion of uh, Timmy Stutz. But, I mean, obviously what we saw last year is kind of the reward, right? A 90-point player with ridiculous pours, Um, you know. And um, I think we saw with Ottawa their even strength uh, conversion and efficiency was, was piss poor. It was not good. Right. So there there might be some headroom there for Stutz, But I don't know. Where, where do you see like for me personally, like well, I'd kind of like to end each one of these players is like, would you take a risk on this player? And to me, I'm taking a ride with Timmy Stutz. I mean, 18. God, God, that's that's a little high. Right. But, um, you know, I'd rather take him closer to his Yahoo ADP than in fan tracks. Right. But uh, Nate, what's your thought on Timmy Stutz? Is he high risk, high reward player? And you're going to be targeting him this season?
1: Yeah, I don't think I'm going to have any Stutzla this year, unfortunately. Um, Obviously, a terrific player, 90 points in 78 games last year. I don't think that was necessarily a fluke, but I do think he had a fair amount of uh, plus variance kind of across the board that kind of played into that. And I don't anticipate that that's going to play out the same way again. A lot of of shooting percentage being higher than normal is IPP being higher than normal. You have to, you know, account for the potential that, you know, it's a 21 year old player. Maybe he just took a step. That's definitely something that players do in their third season in the league. And um, maybe he legitimately is taking a step to a higher level of efficiency that he'll sustain for the rest of his career. But based on what we've seen so far, like, I don't know if you can just completely lock that in and say, you know, this is the guy he is now. Um, Definitely, obviously, you're much more interested around pick 31 than you are at pick 18. Like you would have to be on fan tracks at pick 18. Like there's just so many names in that range. You talk about safety, especially at the top of your draft. I don't think Stutzla is the safe guy at the top of the draft. I think that, you know, Josh Norris being back gives the senators a legitimate two C. I do think Stutzla is still the one C there. Um, I don't think that's up for debate, frankly, after the season that he had last year and how effective he was. But I do think that Norris is a guy who can legitimately just eat some minutes, and that's something that they did not have behind Suetzla last year. And so I think he got really inflated at, basically every every level at even strength on uh, the power play everywhere just because they had legitimately no one worth playing behind him at the center position. So, I do think Stutzla's in line for a bit of regression kind of across the board. I don't think the time on ice is quite so high. I don't think he shoots uh, quite so high a percentage again next year. I don't think the IPP is going to be quite that high although I didn't, you know, I didn't regress him all the way back down to where he was before. I do think that he legitimately took a step last year. Um, but, you know, if you're if you're just looking at like the shots per 60 it increased last year but it wasn't like crazy higher than it was before um the scoring chances did increase by a fair bit and i do think that that's largely tied to his quality of um teammates that he was with that uh he just yeah was able to play with much better players and that was a, a pretty big boon for him but he did like it's noticeable in the stats that he definitely took a step on his own last year so You know, for myself, I ended up with a 84-point projection on him in an 82-game season, but uh, you could tell me that he scores 95 points this year, and I'd say, yeah, then, you know, he maybe even took another step this year. It's definitely possible at his age and uh, on a good team, Um, but I think the the betting money should be somewhere around a point per game for Timmy Stutzla, and yeah, at 18 overall on fan tracks, I just can't get behind that price. Yeah.
0: It's, it's too high. 18 is too high. I mean, you, you got to look at your format of your league and I'll, we'll touch on this a little bit here too. I think, you know, 18 in a category league, maybe, maybe, right. Because uh, Timmy Stutes is a befer He does that. Right. But um you know, I, I think in a points league, that there, there are just some more consistent options there. So anyways, that's our take on Timmy Stutes. I projected him for 88 points. All right. So I feel nice about that. But, you know, I'm bullish on everybody and uh, Nate is bearish on everybody. All right. <laughs> that's why we work so well together. It's yin and yang. All right. That's that's how we do. All right. Let's move on. All right. The next player, high risk, high reward is a, pretty much the poster boy for this uh, term. Evan Bouchard of the Edmonton Oilers. Um. So, yeah, we got to talk about this guy. I mean, lots been said about him, right? Um, on Fantrax is ADP 42. On Yahoo is ADP 78. Okay? So, you know, I think we need we, – we know what needs to happen for this man to pop, right? He's penciled into the top power play in the league by far, and we don't see anyone coming for his minutes. Um, we know what the reward is, right? He went off on the power play after Barry was moved, and that continued into the playoffs. He had uh, 16 points in his last 18 games of the season with six power play points, and then – what the hell happened to this man in the playoffs? Oh, my God. He went ballistic. 17 points in 12 games with 15 power play points. Sheesh. Oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, you can look at Boosh's 5-on-5 five five numbers last season. And uh, they were down across the board. So, I'm sure partially due to his early season deployment before Barry got traded. Um, even the season before, though, he was kind of in the same position. He showed out a little better, right? So I think in the last season, he only played 15 minutes time on ice at 515 and that ballooned to uh, 1730 in the playoffs, right? So I think that's probably here to stay. Um, He was the guy. And so I think we can expect that. And I personally believe that um, Boosh is better suited to the power play than Barry was. And I think his ceiling is higher if he holds that spot down all season. That's just my thought. I don't see who's going to replace him on the power play. They could go with five forwards maybe, but I I just highly doubt they would do that to such a lethal unit, right? Like, you know, especially when you got a guy like Bouchard there, right? Like, make it work, damn it. Um, So the risk is, what if he doesn't, (laughs) right? Um, You know, the risk is his ADP, right? His ADP, especially on fan tracks, is a late third rounder. Right. And I've seen him go in as early as late second round in the drafts I'm doing. And that's risky bisky. All right. For an unproven player, um, granted, a player that I love and I think is absolutely worth the risk. But it's still a risk. Right. And in and around this ADP, there's safer guys, more proven options. Right. Like Adam Fox, John Carlson, Miro Heiskanen. Right. By taking uh, Bouchard, you're a believer that he's going to pop on the league's best power play. He's going to improve on his even strike numbers as well. And I think that's absolutely reasonable. And I think this is a guy I am comfortable reaching on. Giggity. Nate, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I've been, I guess, a little bit bearish on Bouchard. I didn't think I was, you know. I have a sixty-one point projection on Bouchard, which I thought was pretty solid. But uh, apparently, he is guaranteed to score a point per game next year, according to everybody else out there. Uh, and so I guess I have to be the the uh, the bearish one once again on Evan Bouchard. I do, you know, I fully uh, accept that there is a scenario this year for Evan Bouchard. There is an outcome where he. he. He just absolutely goes off post Kale McCarr type numbers, you know, 20 goals, 90 points. Like that's definitely a possible outcome for Evan Bouchard. And it's simply not a possible outcome for almost every other defenseman in the league. Uh, So you have to bake that into your assessment of Bouchard is that, Yeah, this is the definition of a high reward player, right? Like there is a chance that Bouchard is the defenseman to own this year and that drafting him even in like the third round, uh, that could actually pay off in a big way and be an actual value in the third round so there is that aspect to it but i think there is also an aspect like his shots per 60 actually declined in the back half of the season when he started getting and in the playoffs actually once he started getting more minutes his shots per 60 kind of went down as he got the additional responsibility at even strength So I don't think that it's, you know, just a guarantee that you multiply by the bigger numbers uh, with the expected increased roll and that all of a sudden that equals, you know, 80 plus points. So I don't think that that's a guarantee. Uh, He's been a little bit all over the map in terms of his IPP, which makes him a little bit hard to project from that standpoint. Is he like going to be a major percentage contributor where he's actually driving play? I thought I was like, in a pretty good spot with a 42% even strength IPP on him. That's like, it's, that's a good defenseman. Like that's, that's up there across the league um, at even strength, but last year he was only at 36%. So I'm actually projecting uh, even more for him at that strength. Um, Really. There's a couple of paths that I see that could really Kind of make this take off for Bouchard is that, you know, he is that dude in terms of getting a percentage, kind of owning the puck and making things move through him even a little bit. Obviously, it's all going to center around McDavid and Dreisaitl, but uh, if he can kind of, uh, yeah, kind of get his fair share of that and maybe even a little more if he can be that guy. That's, it's just a hard thing to project from a player this young. So that's where that's hard to project. And the other thing is just the time on ice. Like if he does, I think in the playoffs, you was seen something like 18, um, uh, 18 to 19 minutes average time on ice at even strength. And right now I have him for 17 minutes and 15, seven, uh, 17 minutes and 15 seconds of average time on ice at even strength. So, you know, if he gets the extra almost two minutes there, then obviously you're looking at a pretty significant boost there as well. So there's a couple of ways in which this really kind of takes off for Bouchard and becomes that kind of 90-point season. And so that's obviously really exciting, but you do have to factor in that, you know, this is simply a player that has only had two full seasons in the league. Uh, The underlying numbers have been really good. There's no denying it. We should be excited about this player but are you willing to actually take this player the the risk here with Bouchard is that you take Bouchard and he's simply like pretty solid for fantasy and you're foregoing someone who's actually like truly elite, but doesn't have that ceiling. And so you reach on Bouchard a little bit just because you're chasing that 90 point ceiling and he doesn't get there. He ends up somewhere around my 61 points, maybe even a little below if some things don't go his way. And then you're kind of left wondering, you know, maybe I should have just taken John Carlson there. <laughs>
0: totally. Yeah. That makes total sense. Um, I've got him projected for 68. Um, so yeah, I'm a little bit higher on him than you, but still, I mean, when I originally started the projection, I was like, Oh, this is going to be 80 points. Like, yeah, no problem. And like, yeah, 68 came out. I was like, Oh, all right. Um, and that kind of makes sense, but I I think there's headroom there. Obviously, like you said, this guy can really pop, but yeah. Do you want to take this guy over guys like John Carlson? I don't know. I don't know. What, uh, what say you, are you, are you targeting Bouchard this year?
1: I'm not, but, you know, I've, I have thought about him specifically because he is kind of this epitome of the player. Like you have to take a stance on, uh, for sure. If you want to have him on your team, I just think there's probably going to be at least one other manager in my league. Who's just like head over heels for Bouchard in every single one of my leagues this year. And I'm just not going to get to a point where I'm comfortable with him over the guys. Like I would take John Carlson over him. I I think John Carlson is pretty safe, uh, to be 65 plus, uh, points. And, you know, I think that's just super valuable to lock in especially at the top end of your drafts where you have to and I think you know just the ADP difference like I don't have to take John Carlson in the same round that I have to take Evan Bouchard in most places so I'll take somebody else and then I'll get Carlson later where the comparing forward that I might uh, take is just leagues worse than the the forward that I'll take instead of Bouchard earlier so uh, that's kind of where I I'm anticipating anyway it's going to fall in most of my drafts.
0: It's a really good point, And it's, it's not that fun. Is it like Bouchard's a sexy no. <laughs> pick, isn't it? It's like, damn, get me on that Edmonton. I want part of that Edmonton power play. Like you might not get it. Like I, I agree with you. I would take Carlson over Bouchard as well and feel good about that. Like, you know, it's not sexy. Be boring people. All right. Boring <laughs> is what wins leagues. I'm sorry to say, but you know, uh, I, I need to see a little bit more out of Bouchard. You know, that said, I've, I'm in nine best ball leagues, buddy. What the hell? <laughs> uh, I've got Bouchard in two. So I think I got him late third round in, in both of those. So that seems like decent value to me. Ah, it, you know, whatever. Uh, plus in banger <laughs> leagues too, like he does that, right? He he hits and he'll he'll give you some decent peripherals as well. So it's a great player. Might be a little, you know, outpriced uh, for, for what we get back. Okay. All right, let's move on to this phenom, this hat-trick beauty, Connor Bedard. What the hell? Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) If anyone watched Connor Bedard's first game in a Blackhawks jersey, yeah, lived up to the hype. That's sick. This guy looks ridiculous. I know he's playing against young stars, so it should be his show. He should be getting hat-tricks every night, but damn. Like, this guy's (laughs) shot is next level. I don't know. Do you watch any of that, Nate?
1: Yeah, I saw some of it. Uh, I also, yeah, I've obviously seen Bedard play a number of times. He's been a hot topic for years at this point. And yeah, definitely the shot is unbelievable, uh, especially for a player at his age. Like, um, yeah, probably, honestly, a top five shot in the NHL right now. Uh, I think it's not that crazy to say that. Yeah.
0: I love it. it. So talk about another sexy pick, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> in fact, this, this shouldn't be high risk, high reward. This should be a sexy picks. All right. That's, <laughs> we'll, we'll change the title in post. But uh, yeah, um, Connor Bedard. So high risk, high reward. That's what we're talking about. His Fantrax ADP 52 and his Yahoo ADP 39. What the hell? Oh, God, that's 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 a little spicy for me. Um, Anytime you draft in a rookie, there's inherent risk. Right. Um, Now you're drafting this rookie at 52 on Fantrax and 39 on Yahoo. Uh, I don't know if I like that. Right. So um, this is higher than I'm comfortable taking the dart. No question. But by all accounts and everything we're hearing and watching from good hockey people, this guy could produce anything from 70 to 90 points this year right? And that's a huge discrepancy. uh, And we don't have any NHL data to go off of, right? But what we do know is how many tools this guy brings to the table. Like you said, elite skating, elite shot and release. And it looks to me to be a very strong mental game. Like he looks good to go. Like I I just like the way this guy presents himself, his demeanor. Um, He he looks ready for the spotlight to me. Um, Similar to guys like Crosby or McDavid. They lived with it for their whole, you know, junior career and everything. They're they're always the guy. There's always so much attention on them and they still produce. And I don't think it's going to be any different with this guy. Um, he's had hype for a long time, right? Um, You know, so <laughs> he knows how to play in that environment, but does he know how to play in the environment of the Chicago Blackhawks? Stinky team, uh, you know, a great move by the Hawks to get Taylor Hall and even Corey Perry to me. I like both those pickups for the Hawks and for Dard's development. Um, Just insulating him a little bit gives him a chance to go out and play, but I'm not as bullish on Bedard this season. I'm expecting a, a big season. Uh, I projected him for 79 points, um, which seemed high to me even when I projected it, you know? And, and I think if I was projecting now, I'd be like, Oh, 90 points. Yeah, no problem. Patrick, every game, this guy's amazing. <laughs> um, but to me, I don't think I'm going to be taking this risk at the ADP is currently going at, I'm, I'm more comfortable with him in the seventh or eighth round. And I just don't think there's any chance that he drops there. Um, to me, it's like investing in a blue chip stock, right? It's not for me. It's too risky. I'm a safe, investor, I want pennies uh, every year. And then, you know, when I'm uh, 90 years old, I want to take out my $5,000 and, you know, just, you know, take it out in cash, put it on the bed and roll around in it. You know what I'm talking about, Nate? You ever done this before? (laughs)
1: I don't know, well, I've this. never been ninety years old before, so I can't say um, that I've done that.
0: All right. Well, that's that's a little that's semantics. All right, but uh, <laughs> I'm also kind of curious with Bedard, um, what kind of deployment he gets, right? Do they ease him in? Is he a sixteen-minute man, or does he get twenty right off the bat? Right? We just can't know. High risk, high reward. What are you doing with Bedard this season, mate?
1: Yeah. So in terms of projection, I've got him for forty goals, seventy-one points, and I've got him at eighteen minutes average time on ice right now. I feel like they're not going to just, like, run him into the ground every single day as he adjusts to the pro game for the first time in his life. I just feel like that would be a borderline insane thing to do to your your franchise, right? Like, Connor Bedard, make no mistake, is the franchise in Chicago now. Um, so I just think that would be a crazy way to go about it. I don't anticipate that they will. I do anticipate that Bedard is a legitimate generational level talent. I do put him in that category, you know, with the McDavid's and those guys when they were coming out, the Crosby's and all that. But at the same time, This is, make no mistake, the worst team one of these guys has ever come into in their first season in the league. Like, it is not close. This is a terrible, terrible situation uh, for producing (laughs) for fantasy. So I honestly thought that having him come out to 71 points, and like most of it is goals, so it's like him doing it all himself, basically. I, I think that that's a pretty realistic scenario I do think that he could be below that and it wouldn't surprise me that much uh, I do think he could be above that and it wouldn't surprise me that much I do think that there is a potential where you know if if Taylor Hall can turn back the clock to his heart trophy year if Lucas Reichel on the other wing is um just a, an absolute smash as a rookie as well uh there's scenarios at least that you can tell yourself where uh it's not terrible uh as terrible as we think it is uh today for bedard in terms of the situation and that's a situation which he could get to 80 points to get to 90 points uh in this nhl where we are seeing a lot of scoring now so i think that's a possibility but in terms of a base projection um i've got him for 71 i don't think i'm gonna get him definitely not at that yahoo adp at 39 um probably still not even at the Fantrax ADP at 52. Um, I just think that there's probably safer options, and I don't think that the sky-high ceiling of, like, 90 points, I don't think that that's as realistic as a lot of people seem to. Just... (laughs) You have to have players to play with, man. Like this is a team sport. At the end of the day, like he will not dangle NHL defenseman go between the legs and go under the bar the way he did throughout his junior career. This is this is an entirely different level, and I do anticipate that he's going to adapt quickly and adapt well, and yeah, score forty goals. Like that's an insane rookie season. Um, That's what I have him projected for. But to say that he's going to score ninety points uh, right out of the gate, I think is. Uh, just a step too far for me with the team that he's going to be on.
0: Yeah. Great point about Chicago there. Yeah. This is clearly like the worst situation he could have went into for fantasy. It sucks. I wanted him to go to the ducks. I was excited about that. Like get him with some offensive beauties. Troy Terry. Yes, please. All right, let's do that. But um, how about the rookies this year? Even Fantilli the other night. I mean, just a little off topic, but damn, mm-hmm. he he's, I, I, I'm excited about him too. I mean, in his ADP is not 39 or 52. All yeah. right. You can get him like with your last pick and that might be, that might hit too. All right, let's move on. I'm getting excited. All right. Um, no more blue jacket talk on this, this podcast. All right. We don't need that. All right. Um, except if it's about Boone Jenner, you know, what I'm talking about Nate. All right. <laughs> um, let's move on. Next player. We're talking about Jonathan Huberto of the Calgary flames. This to me is a high risk, high reward player. Um, You know, Uh, and I'll get into it here, Uh, his fan tracks ADP is 80, his Yahoo ADP is 121. So to me, Huberdeau, the risk isn't so much his ADP um, as, as it is, as much as it is like, is he this 55 point guy now, right? Like we've seen what the floor looks like for Jonathan Huberdeau, right? And that's the last thing we saw, right? So um, I think we'll talk about the reward. Obviously, if the reward for a O is clear, right? Uh, this guy's one year removed from 115 points. Damn, all right? And for me personally, I think we can throw last season out, just junk it, right? Something stank in Calgary, right? Uh, but but O uh, put up career worst numbers in almost all the metrics that matter. Shots, way down, all right? Chances, no good. Power play points, get the hell out of my sight. Worst output in six years, all right? It, it's just a debacle for this man last season. We know this. Uh, but the four seasons previous to this last one, he pays for 92 points, 93 points, 91 points, and 118 points, okay? Which is clearly his ceiling, but damn. Um, one thing that happened last year in Calgary, his power play share was really low. It was 56.2%, right? That's way down from his usual deployment of 70% plus that he had with Florida, right? So I think this season he goes back to 70% plus, and I think we can count on 25 power play points for this man. Um, and like I said, the ADP, Here, the risk isn't as high, right? It's a little less than the other ones mentioned so far, but the fact that he can fall to 55 points should give you pause, right? He's not exactly a young man. I think he's 30 or 31. uh, And we're still not quite sure what caused the downfall besides the fact that he changed teams. He lost confidence, right? His power play time on ice dropped and he was playing for the biggest ding dong in the world, Daryl Sutter, right? Is this the player he is now? I just don't see how, all right? This this man is, is one of the most elite passers in the league and he was on power play too. Great coaching there, my man. What the, you know? You know what you need to do on the power play. You need to pass, and this guy's one of the best. But no, we'll put you on power play too. That makes total sense. All right, what the hell? Um, Perifs two for Huberdeau. Justin League's very solid as well, so he can give you cross category coverage. You know, I'd like him to shoot a little more, but yeah, I think the fifty-five points is a little scary. Nate, is this a player that you're targeting, and are you taking a risk with Huberdeau this season?
1: I would take the risk on Huberdeau. Uh, I think that. For yeah, all the reasons you mentioned, like the 90 plus point pace seasons prior to this past season, like that doesn't just go away. He didn't forget how to play hockey. There were injuries um, that were going on. There's been some documentation of lingering things and things he was trying to play through that was going on. Obviously, there was the coach there too and the butting of heads that didn't help anything. There's clear just bad variance in the underlying statistics for Hubert O last year. It is concerning to see the shots uh, and the scoring chances just kind of drop off a cliff for him. But at the same time, like the on ice numbers were not that bad. So clearly he wasn't like truly hindering play. He just wasn't doing as much of it himself. So all things told, like I think that they're just going to take a step back in Calgary uh, this year after the year that was, and they're going to be like, okay, what are we centering the identity of this team on? And if you look at where the money is, it's all with Jonathan Huberto. If you look at the track record of success in the NHL, it's all with Jonathan Huberto. I think that they recenter themselves a little bit, make Huberto a focal point of the power play. I think that's the most likely outcome. I just can't imagine that they've just made this investment and now they're going to look at it again and say well he didn't have a great season so he's probably just completely washed and we should try to work with other players now I don't think that's likely I think that Huberto's le- most likely to re-establish himself I will say that the situation here is not as good as it was for all those years in Florida and so I've got him projected for 82 points this year but I do think that there's a pretty strong scenario for a bounce back here with Huberto
0: Love it. Yeah, I've got him projected for 87, of course. So, yeah, with, with 27 power play points. Buddy, get this man on the power play. It makes no sense. Um. So, yeah, but I love what you said there. they got to center the team around this guy. It, it's a no-brainer, right? Or otherwise, what the hell are we doing here? All right, let's move on. We're going to talk about Nicolaj. All right, Nicolaj Ehlers, uh, that beauty from Winnipeg, uh the guy we're gonna get the most questions on throughout the season uh probably this upcoming one as well um so let's talk about Nikolaj. uh fan 85 he's going adp and yahoo is adp is 158 all right so the the real risk here is the fan adp getting Eilers at 158 uh yeah um can, can i get Eilers at 158 please that sounds great <laughs> um so you know, I'm very obviously I think both of us are high on Ehlers, but I'm, I'm I know I'm high on them next season. I usually am. I'm expecting the eventual questions from people. Right. Should I drop them? Dear God, I hope it doesn't happen again. Uh, but, you know, it won't happen if Rick Bonehead stops coaching out of his ass and gives this man deserved deployment. All right. Um, You know, <laughs> PLD and Blake Wheeler out of town. All right. So some space is cleared for Ehlers to get on the top power play top line. Um, you know, he still cooked at a 69 point pace, which is really nice, uh, despite being stable to power play two and line two for most of the season. Right. Um, when he did get back from injury, his deployment took a massive hit, uh, just overall to, um, last season going from 1804 in 2021 to 1540 last season that that's showing no good. Right. Um, but with those players cleared out, like they have to play Eilers, right he, to me, he should return to 18 plus, um, there's other, some other positive signs too. I like about Ealers. His IPP was ridiculous, 89% last season. Um what? Yeah, that that's that's just a ludicrous number, right? At even strength, that's number 1 in the league, you know, with players that played uh, 500 minutes and up at even strength. So well done to you, uh, Nikolaj, that's not going to happen again, right? But he is a high IPP guy on the career, right? But not that high. But still, he's close to a 70, closer to 70 to 75% guy uh and that shows uh because he was all over the puck uh, and he was a major driver of offense for his line, right? So um, nice to see the high IPP, but his shooting percentage was second worst of his career at all strengths, right? So I think that's going to bump up. He was coming off an injury, so that probably didn't help, right? Um, shot and chance generation. Nate, you know we love this stuff, all right? He's, <laughs> uh, you know, he kills at that. He's amazing, right? But, I mean, the real risk here is if he gets the 15 to 16-minute man treatment from Dangus McGee, Um you know, and gets minimized on offense, leaving fantasy managers wondering what to do, right? But I think he's good to go. Um, and in terms of his ADP, I really like it, like eighty-five. You know, we'll see what's around at that that point, right? right. Um, I think there's a little, there's a that's a, might be a little bit high for eithers just because he hasn't really proven it yet, right? We, I think he could pop off, but I don't know. Nate, is it is it Eilers'
1: season? Can we say that? <laughs> I would love to be able to say that, but I don't think we can. Um, Damn it! Yeah, I do love this player. Uh, Everything under the hood just screams that this could be an absolute monster of a player just given some minutes. Like, I have him projected right now for 17 and a half minutes average time on ice, and that comes out to 79 points. Um, Like, there's a scenario in which Ehlers gets, you know, 22 minutes playing on, you know, like the Leafs somewhere uh, where they actually play their top players. And Let's go. he just is absolutely ballistic going for 100 plus. Like, I do think that that kind of season exists within the talent of this player, just based on the underlying metrics here. But the problem is, uh, yeah, we just don't know what the deployment is going to look like. He was moved down the lineup. It did seem like some of that was bonus, not being satisfied with his play and not just the injuries that he was also working through. Right. But honestly, like, I don't know that the the ceiling or the floor here, I should say, is so low that you need to be too scared off of Ehlers, you know, in the... Yeah, what is that? Like, the 7th round? Like, in the 7th round, sure, there's definitely somebody you're passing on, but I do feel like the floor here for Ehlers is actually pretty solid, around, like, a 60-65 point pace. Like, still a usable player, if not what you were expecting when you paid that price. And the potential here is that he really does win bonus over and he becomes you know Josh Morrissey was bonuses guy last year maybe Ehlers is his guy this year like there's at least the the potential scenario that you can tell yourself <laughs> where Ehlers is that guy and he really breaks out and has this 90 point season that I do think he's capable of so I don't know how likely that is I'm not baking that potential into a lot of this uh so that is tough to say but I do think that, you know, I'm expecting a 75 to 80 point season out of Ehlers kind of regardless, just because, yeah, they don't have a lot of other players at this point. I do think he's just going to run into some minutes, uh, even if Bonus doesn't want to and they're down a goal or something, they're going to have to play Ehlers. So uh, I love this player. I love the potential here. I love the potential for him to completely outperform this ADP. And I do think I'm going to have Ehlers on some teams this year.
0: Oh hell yeah, we're taking a ride with Nikolaj. Uh, yeah, I'm on it. I've been I've been reaching for this man a little bit, because um, I just want him on my team. I really like, you know, I projected him for 77. Well, so it's a rare instance where you know I got less than eight, but um, you know I think there's so much headroom, right? This is this is a conservative projection. Like this guy does so much, right? In all the metrics that we love here at Apples and Genos, and he just needs deployment and he needs the confidence of the coach. So hopefully that comes. Uh, but yeah, it's you know. It's, it is Eilers season. All right, book it. We're doing it. We're going with Eilers, and we're not looking back. All right, it feels nice. All right, let's move on. The next player we're going to talk about is Drizzy Drake Batherson of the Ottawa Senators. Um, so, yeah, this guy is it's an interesting player for fantasy this year. Fantrax, uh, his ADP is 98, and on Yahoo, he's going at 86. So, finally, some comparable numbers there. Um, and, again, ADPs, they seem really reasonable to me for, for Drake Batherson and what he brings to the table. Um, he just came off a really nice season last year. Uh, and there was some headroom for him to do a lot better, right? He uh he wasn't very efficient uh at even strength. And we've talked about Ottawa's troubles at even strength uh at length. So I won't go too much into that, but um shooting percentage at five on five was a career low. 14 buddy. What the hell? Come on, man. Put the put the biscuit in the basket. Oh God. Um <laughs> And for reference, the previous two seasons, he cooked at 13.95% and 12.09%. So that's closer to what he does, right? He was just really bad at five on five in terms of efficiency. And he wasn't the only one. His on-ice shooting percentage, comically low, 6.63%. Everybody else, no one else was cooking either. They were were eating raw food in there. They were just eating a a carrot or a celery stick. I don't know what the hell was happening. It's a cooking reference because I said cooking. I don't know. If I have to explain my jokes, they aren't cooking. All (laughs) right, let's disagree on that. But um, on the plus side last season, uh, Batheson was great on the power play. That top unit was amazing. Batherson got 29 points. Um, I think he gets that deployment again. That's what I projected him for next season, power play one. But there is some risk there with Tarasenko in town. Do they bump Batherson down and give Tarasenko the keys to power play one? that's a potential, right? I don't think so. But um, to me, the real risk with Batherson is his potential involvement in the Hockey Canada incident a while back. So, the investigation is still ongoing. I'm not saying that Bathurst was involved in any way, but he's one of the names that keeps coming up. So if he was involved, there's a potential for suspension, uh, among other things. So those two things, to me, the questionable power play deployment and the looming hockey Canada investigation are basically keeping me out of uh, any stocks on Drake Batherson this season. I'm not interested. I don't know. Nate, I think you're feeling a little more risky and are targeting this man. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you're pretty high on Batherson this season, I think.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm just kind of in at cost, and I've said this before. You know, there is obviously this looming investigation. He's one of the few players at this point who hasn't publicly said that he's not implicated, which basically means that everybody's assuming that he is. I do think that you know it's like a still a bit of a, a toss up whether he is or not, and whether even if he is, that he would be uh, actually disciplined in any way this season like there's it's it's still an ongoing investigation we don't really have any insight into any kind of timeline or anything there um you know we're getting pretty close to the start of the season at this point and we still don't have that so uh basically i guess what i'll say with batherson is uh if you don't want to draft somebody who might be implicated in something like that totally understand it but you know i just for myself i don't try to draw some kind of moral line where i say you know this player has done this and i'm okay with that but this player has done that or may have done that and i'm not okay with that i just i'm not gonna delve into the morality of it i'm just playing the numbers on the spreadsheet in front of me so uh, with batherson i'm kind of willing to take that risk at cost here just because i do think that there is a really significant payoff he really was Insanely low on some variance metrics last year. I haven't projected for 75 points this year. I do think Josh Norris coming back. Batherson might be the single guy who was hurt the most by not having a true second line center behind Stutzla in Ottawa last year. I do think that he'll get a lot of benefit from that. He is a guy who hits a ton, which gives him that added benefit. I really don't see any scenario in which he's off the power play one. If he's healthy, he's been a staple there his entire, you know, basically his entire career, honestly, since he got to Ottawa. Um, And they seem to really like how that power play is running with him on the top unit. So i I don't really bake in any scenario for Batherson to come off that personally. So for those reasons, I'm pretty high on Batherson at this cost because I do think there's a pretty strong scenario in which he does play the whole season and he absolutely uh, returns value on this more like a, yeah maybe like a fifth round pick value at like a seventh or eighth round pick where you're taking him.
0: yeah. No, I love that. I mean, just pop, get the shooting percentage back up at even strength, and we're looking at a better season already, right? Um, I projected him for seventy-six, um, you know, with power play one for the season. So that's where I'm at with Bathison. I mean, yeah, seventy-six points at you know ninety-eight or eighty-six, like that's pretty nice with with the hits that he provides. So, yeah, for me, yeah, like it's just the the risky stuff that I talked about. I'd rather just some other manager have that headache, and I'll uh, like I can just cruise with somebody else that I feel a little more comfortable with. But that's that. And this is this. Now we're talking about Timo time. It's Timo. Meyer is the next guy on this list. He's high risk, high reward. Why do you ask? Well, let's tell you. Um, So first off, Fantrax, uh, his ADP is 21. Oh my God. Yahoo, 36, still high. What the hell? So um, the thing that makes Meyer really risky to me is those ADPs, right? In First of all, in both formats, right? This is it's a lot of draft capital to spend on a man who hasn't ever eclipsed 80 points, right? He may not even this upcoming season. Um, he, you know, he obviously didn't have the showing that he wanted when he got to New Jersey last season, he lost ice time, right? He wasn't getting the, the 20 minute treatment that he was in San Jose. Uh, most of, most of the ice time that he did lose was at even strength, but this is a player that you draft for his counting stats really. Right. And if he's not on the ice as much, you're not getting those counting stats, right? You're not getting those shots, those hits. Um, um, You know, uh, those beautiful per reps. Um, Advanced metrics we like here at A&G were still solid, held strong, right? Shots and chance generation, still plentiful. Um, Although he did shoot considerably less on the power play in Jersey. uh, But he was able to convert a little more. His shooting percentage was a little higher once he got to New Jersey, probably from better passes. Um, You know, somebody besides Carlson. But an ADP of 21, it makes sense to me in a category league in fan tracks. If you're you're Mm. drafting Timo Meyer at 21, it better be a category league, right? Because... Um, for points like I have him projected for 79 and that's that's kind of on the high end to me like I feel like um, I I don't know that he has much more than that right especially with so many cooks in the kitchen there and in the New Jersey top six like there's you know a lot of touches that need to go around he's he's obviously going to do he's going to have a great season I have no question about that but a 21 overall great season I'm not sure right Um, in terms of the reward you get with Meyer well maybe he pops the hell off, right? New Jersey is to me, the most exciting fantasy team going into the season. They have great schedule. They have an amazing top six. They have their defense is insane. Their goalies are viable. Like this is probably my favorite team for fantasy this year. Um, so, you know, he could pop, but that's not something that he's ever done in his career, right? His line mates are going to be elite though. He's going to be playing with he or Jack Hughes. My God, that, that sounds awesome. You know? So, um, I just think he's going to get more points like he's he's a lock on that power play one. It's a risky pick to me at 21, but seems reasonable to me at 36 in a points league. He's going to be a target of mine in cats. leagues, no question. Maybe not points leagues. I don't know. How do you feel about Meyer and Nate?
1: Yeah, I am kind of bearish on Meyer in terms of the projection. I have him for 69 points, which I thought was nice, but apparently is pretty bearish, according to everyone else who expects him to absolutely pop off in New Jersey. Yeah, it it is a function of he's not going to get those minutes. Um, You're basically just baking in, if you're projecting him for more than this, you're just baking in that the quality of the team around him really elevates him by that much, and it might. Uh, I'm not discounting that. I'm probably uh, a little bit more on the bearish side and you're probably a little bit more on the high side, but we talked about this in the projections episode. We talked about Meyer too, and we kind of st- were left at the end saying like, I don't know that there is like this 90 point upside scenario yeah. for Meyer this season. I just don't know if he's actually that guy. And so you're left with a guy who is, yeah, a categories beast. He's going to fill all the, all the peripheral categories for you, uh, but he doesn't have that that same kind of points upside uh, that some of the other people have, so. Outside of him getting a ton of minutes, I don't know that he has like the extreme high reward that you're looking for. I think he's kind of more perceived as high reward uh, than uh, than he actually might be, in my opinion anyway. And he, that's kind of reflected, obviously, in my projection here. So that's kind of my take on Meyer. I'm still very open to drafting him because I do think that he definitely has that potential to get up to like a point per game, but I just don't know if he has the potential to get much beyond that.
0: You know what I got in a Cats League? One of the one of the drafts I did this year, I got Meyer as my second round pick. Then I got Sveshnikov with my third, and then I got Evander Kane with my fourth round pick. Oof. Boom, boom, boom! What the hell? Oh man, those are those. That's a super. That's an all beef, 100 uh, percent beef team. I love that. Grass so that, fed. That's yeah, grass fed, organic, all of that. Yeah, that <laughs> that feels nice. Um, but yeah, I think temper expectations with Timo Meyer. Uh, I think he's going earlier than he probably should. My two cents. I love the player though, and I, and he could very well pop off in New Jersey. I'm excited about what he does there, just not at this price. Okay, let's go on. We got three more players. Thank you for sticking with us. Really appreciate that. All right, let's move on. We're talking about Cole Caulfield next, and uh, yeah, he's a. Uh, He's a player I'm I'm low-key excited about this year. Let's take a look at his ADPs. So Fantrax, he's going at 70, and Yahoo, he's going at 140. All right, so that's that's drastically different. Uh, Cole Caulfield at 140 on Yahoo is not a risk. Okay, <laughs> that's not a risk. But uh, on Fantrax is 70, yeah, that that's a bit of a risk, right? So I love what Caulfield brings to the table, for sure. Pure goal scorer, near elite shot, uh, and chance generation on a really bad team. Um, deployment is going to be solid as well. And I think could be even better next season. And he has some chemistry with Nick Suzuki, right? Those, that, that one, two punch that lethal one, two punch there in Montreal. Shout out to Nick Suzuki. Um, you know, he's obviously got some chemistry there. Um, but in fan tracks, his ADP at 70, he's being drafted before guys like Malkin, Matt Boldy, Jeff Skinner, Nikolai Ehlers, right? Pavelski guys that are proven, right? Or guys that have higher upside. So I, I personally like Caulfield there. I think he's a good later round option for goals. I projected him for 40 goals, right? And 67 points, like 40 goals in the seventh round or, you know, in the sixth round, seventh round, that, that's pretty darn good, right? Um, you know, uh, the risky part to me is that he's never done it before over a full season, right? He had injuries um, and he only really started taking off once he started playing for Martin St. Louis, right? As would have been well documented. So, and he doesn't even have that many games under that man giggity. So, uh, you know, plus Montreal is an active tire fire. Let's, let's be honest on that. Uh, and there's not a lot of hope for them to contend the season. And there's always the potential that the wheels fall off that team. And then, you know, the, the back half of the season, they're cutting their ice time and, and putting, you know, the young guys in there to just show out, give, you know, you Slavkovsky like 20 minutes a night. Um, so, you know, that's, that's not something that I usually, I don't bake that into any projections or anything like that. You can't right, but it's, it's, it's a potential, right? And just talking about the risk here. So I'm not banking on that. I'm willing to take a risk on Cole Caulfield this season uh, for the potential of his elite goal scoring. Um, and But keep in mind for Cats Leagues, this guy, no. He's the old dancing boy. He's old cowpoke. He's been doing that for years. Um, so he's... it, it i wouldn't be taking him at 70 in a cat's league top 100 sure but he doesn't do a thing peripherally besides shoot so nate i know you're a caulfield guy uh what do you what do you like about him what's your risk tolerance when drafting this guy
1: i do love caulfield i think he's um close to being an elite level goal scorer in the nhl already based on the underlying metrics my biggest problem is just who is he playing with um yeah, there's probably like 25 other teams in the NHL that I could drop him onto right now and it would boost his projection by like 20 points. <laughs> but it's really hard to do that in his current setup. Uh, I've got him down for 43 goals, but only 64 points. So obviously he's going almost two to one with the goal to assist ratio there. I don't know how I feel about that as a base projection yeah, to be quite honest, but like... Yep. I. I just think he is far and away the most offensively talented player on that team. And I think he's going to get his. He's going to get his on the power play. And I'm not really sure who's going to set him up for all these goals, but uh, somebody's going to have to do it because he is going to score them. So I do like Caulfield a lot. I'm not super into that. Fantrax ADP at 70. Uh, obviously, the Yahoo ADP down at 140, I'm a lot more interested in, but he is definitely a bit more of a, a points league uh, kind of target because he's not going to hit much for you. I haven't projected for 29 hits next year on the whole season, so definitely not somebody who throws the body around. I mean, he's he's a pretty small dude, so I can't say I really blame him. I wouldn't be throwing the body around much if I was playing in the NHL either, so I can't really say I blame him, but uh, Caulfield, definitely somebody that I'm interested in for the goal scoring if you're going to be joining uh mark barber 18 skaters uh goals only league then caulfield definitely is a guy who uh, you should be looking at for that league but uh for us uh mere mortals in the normal realm here of fantasy uh, i just think that there's probably going to be somebody who's a little bit more into caulfield in most drafts than i am just because there's there is like a true tire fire scenario again in montreal where yeah everything just doesn't go right and even caulfield and his immense talent can't find his way out of it basically
0: yeah no it's a it's an interesting player and uh you know someone i'm targeting for sure at some point here because i just i just love that goal potential right it's awesome um plus minus no gonna be stinky get the hell out of your leagues all right um let's move on another player that i think is a very interesting player and probably gonna be overdrafted clayton keller of the arizona coyotes um you know his fan tracks adp 39 that, that's high. That's a high pick for Clayton Keller. Uh, Yahoo's at 62. That's high. All right. <laughs> so um, obviously Keller had a great season. What a great season. Um, last half, beautiful, right? He finished with 48 points in the last 39 games. And I think that was among uh, the league best, if not the top. Like, I don't have the numbers in front of me here, but he was cooking. He was cooking with gas. All right. They were having a nice time there in Arizona. And I like this player a lot. Uh, And I I like his situation in Arizona, too. Obviously, um, not a good team, but a low-key good team for fantasy. Um, I like that about Arizona. And people sleep on this team. Uh, And I was hoping they were going to sleep on Keller again this season, but it doesn't look like that's the case. So um, this is a guy, top line, top power play with decent players. Luck metrics, IPP, and shooting percentage were running hot last season, right? So that gives me a bit of pause, as it should, right? As it, there's a good chance that's going to regress. Um, but he looks to me to be a high IPP guy throughout his career so far. But last season, he was at 81.5. That's, that you know, that, I don't know that that's repeatable, not for this player, not on this team. So I think that's going to come down. His shooting percentage at 5-on-5 five five was 15% as it was the year previous. So he could just be an efficient player. Um, which I'd like to see, you know, like it, it progressed a little bit, but still reasonable on ice shooting percentage seems sustainable to me as well. I, I really like the player I do, but it just seems too high for me to take him 39 dear God. No, I could be drafting baby dry Rupe hints. I could be drafting Niko Hisher, uh, Sveshnikov guys that I feel they do a lot more uh, and they're I'm more confident in their team situations, right? Arizona did get better, but they're still going to get pumped on the regular giggity. Um, And I do think that Keller has broken through here and that this is the player he's going to be moving forward. But ADP, too risky for me. I don't think so. Nate, where are you at with Keller? Are you feeling like Coyotes this season? What are you doing?
1: I think there's at least potential there. You saw how well that line gelled with Keller, Schmaltz, and Hayton last year. And I don't have a real strong reason to disbelieve how well that worked. Um, they're like the three you know, legitimate top six players that Arizona actually has. So putting them all on the same line and letting them go to work kind of makes some sense uh really for me it's just keller gets insane deployment like some of the highest uh, even strength time on ice numbers that we see across the league so he's going to be out there as much as he can basically handle and that just ends up leading to a lot of goals and points and everything else we like for fantasy so i do think that he does that he is yeah he is legitimately an efficient player i think um I do think there's a pretty strong chance that the shooting percentage does come back down a little bit. And there is definitely a scenario where, you know, if one of those guys that he plays with gets injured, like there's nobody behind them right in, in Arizona or yeah, um, yeah, there's just a few scenarios there where you can see it uh, where they don't have the depth that could really support him the way that, Obviously, every player needs to be supported in order to hit kind of their ceilings. So I do think that that's a potential for Keller. But there is also the other side of that where, you know, Logan Cooley is coming into this team and he's been very highly touted as a prospect. If he is all that and more as a rookie, you know, could he actually raise the potential of this team? Maybe by a role on the power play that that actually helps Keller out in some way there. So I do think that there is a scenario for Keller, keller to actually outperform a little bit um i feel pretty confident honestly with him around this kind of point per game range uh i do think that he's going to end up at the like when everything's counted up at the end of the season this is where he's going to fall you might have some some valleys and some peaks along the way but um i do think that when you count it all up at the end of the season you're probably going to see keller somewhere in this 75 to 85 point range is
0: this a guy you're targeting at all nate
1: That part is a little bit tough. Definitely not at 39. There's just going to be other guys that I'm more interested in who... I feel are a little bit safer that early in a draft, right? Um, Do talk about that safety early in the draft, especially that you're looking for at 62. You know, Yahoo is obviously skewed a bit. Plus minus is a base statistic on Yahoo, and you can't expect Keller to have a high plus minus. So that's why he's going a little bit further back there. But if you're in a league that on Yahoo that doesn't have plus minus and his ADP is back there, then, you know, there might be a chance where your league is just kind of drafting off ADP. And so you can get Keller closer to that. At 62, that's definitely uh, much more easy to stomach. That's what the, if you're in a 12-team league, that sounds like the back end of the fifth, uh, early sixth round, I guess. So definitely in that range, like you're talking about a potential point-per-game player in the sixth round, I think that's definitely something that uh, you have to evaluate as uh, pretty useful in a points league there.
0: Yeah, yeah, fair enough. He's just not a guy that ever gets on one of my teams. Uh, I looked at him last year because he was dual eligible and he was available late, so I was like, okay, yeah, I can get my right winger Clayton Keller, no problem. But this year, thirty nine and sixty two, uh, even sixty two, like I, that seems a little bit much for me. I see him going in these best ball drafts, and I'm like, i I'm, I'm not, I'm not there for it. So I don't know. I think you're absolutely right, though. I projected him for. I mean, 80 some, I don't actually don't have my projection in front of me, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's point per game there. So I like Keller, just not at that price. All right. Let's talk about the last one. We're not going to talk about it too long. Cause I don't want to talk Yang on this man. All right. Best head of hair in the biz. We're talking about Andre Kuzmenko, big cozy. Yeah. God. Yeah. This, this man, high risk, high reward. Sure. All right. Um, you know, he, <laughs> the, the only way, first off, um, I didn't prepare a lot on Koozie here, but in terms of the, the the reward part for koozie, I like I projected him for 68 points. I think the reward is he gets like 70 to 80 points, and that's a nice reward because his his um fan tracks ADP is 112, his Yahoo ADP is one ten. So That's, that's a reasonable price. Um, I don't know. It's, it's probably a little early for Koozie there, um, for a 68 point projection, but I mean, the reward is he's, he's attached to PD all season. Right. And I think he'll be power play one all season. I think like he wasn't last, last year, last year, he only had a 55.6 power play share. He got 13 power play goals and only 18 power play points. So buddy, yeah, get Koozie on the power play. You want to score some goals. What the hell are we doing here? All right, um, so I think he's going to be more of a lock on that power play, get a bigger power play share. Um, and I do think he's going to shoot a little more. I've talked about this at length, so I'm not going to go into it crazy, but only 1.8 shots per game. No, that, that, that's that's not going to cut it, Koozie. We got to do more than that, all right? You got to get up around 2.5. All right, that's what we want. Um, so I do think he'll shoot a little bit more. He's, t- he's addressed that. He's talked about shooting more in the offseason. He's a funny guy. I I just love this play just as a player. Like, I'm glad this player's on my team. He's he's one of the silliest guys in the league. Like, um, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but I love Big Koozie. But obviously the risk is, you know, uh, we know his shooting percentage was ballistic. He shot 27%. So the risk is that doesn't just regress. That falls off a cliff, right? Now he's shooting 14% or 13% and bye-bye goals, right? 38 goals, no right so that that is the inherent risk here with Kuzi, and that's really it cuz i think his deployment goes up but like how far does his shooting percentage regress that's really going to be the question and the risk is we don't know this new version with Talkit and what his deployment is going to look like so you know that said i'm i'm not picking up Kuzi anywhere this season i'm not doing it i i can't because uh, it's it's too volatile for me, but I hope he has an amazing season. But even at one thirteen, I'm I'm out. There's guys around one thirteen that I think are much safer. I don't know where you at with Koozie Nate?
1: Yeah, uh, definitely projecting a pretty strong fallback from that shooting percentage. I have him at 16.3% shooting percentage. So like an 11% drop from last year. Ew. In, in, you know, you have a, you have a drop like this in recent memory with William Carlson, who shot 23.4% went to 14.2 the following season. And even that was his highest for the rest of his career to date. He went from 14.2, 10.9, 12.6 the last couple of years, 8.9, 8.7. So you do have this precedent for someone to have an extreme high Uh, shooting percentage season and then just completely fall off a cliff erroneous (laughs) i did go back I did go back and check Kuzmenko's stats in the KHL too and he wasn't like an extreme high percentage shooter like he wasn't a 20% shooter or anything in the KHL so I don't think he's going to be that guy on a consistent basis but I do think that he's in for a solid role here I'm projected for 16 minutes 45 seconds average time on ice but I can tell myself a scenario and where Kuzmenko really solidifies himself this season his second season in town and becomes somebody that Tauket actually really likes and finds his way in to, you know, maybe like 19 minutes, uh, average time on ice. Like, I think that's a semi-realistic scenario. And at that point, uh, as long as he's a relatively efficient player, like you could be looking at a guy who pushes a point per game. So I do think that that's, um, at least within the range of outcomes for Kuzmenko. I don't know how likely I think that truly is. I haven't projected for 62 points as a base projection here, and I feel pretty confident about that in in that kind of range. But uh, definitely you can't deny that there is a pretty solid scenario in which he does take a a pretty good jump in, in time on ice and actually does become a more integral part of the team and produces more for us in fantasy as a result. It's a freaking lock.
0: Oh, but yeah, that's it. Oh, koozie. Yeah. I love this player. He's getting all the minutes, all the shots, buddy. And uh, you know, I think, you know, he should try it, trial a new hairstyle as well. Kind of just go with the sideshow bob. <laughs> let's 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 get that in the on in the repertoire. I don't know where I'm going with this. All right, that's it. That is our list. 10 high risk, high reward players. And uh, I feel good about this, Nate. So that's that's excellent work on your part. Um I would be remiss. We need to plug some stuff or right? we've got to do that. So apples and genos does have a great discord. The link is in the description. You get your biscuits in there and you talk with like-minded fantasy managers. Um, we're having some great discussions and we're just growing and growing. We're almost at 800 members, 800. Oh man. So, so get in there, tell your friends, tell your wife, get in the discord. All right. Um, also, uh, in the discord where have got some best ball drafts happening. Nate's favorite thing. He loves it. Look at that face. Um, Just, yeah, we got a bunch of best ball drafts popping off. We're up to 20 or 21 right now. So I think we got a few more in the tank. So get in there. If you got a draft itch, we can scratch it. All right, well, you can scratch it. We're not going to scratch it. Uh, I also want to talk about uh, Apples and Gino's Patreon. Uh, Definitely uh, speak with Nate about information on that. He has a Patreon, and there's lots of good stuff there. Um, And also, please, while I got you. You got to rate the pod, all right? Can you help me out? You guys have been doing amazing. We've been getting a ton of ratings. Somebody gave us a one-star rating the other day on Apple's or on Apple Podcast because Banksy said, Duchenne, buddy, are you kidding me? Are you free? Oh, sorry. All right. That's that's neither here nor there, <laughs> you know. But thank you for your service and thank you for your uh, feedback. We're going to take that to heart. Um, so, but please give us a give us a hand. Rate the pod. Uh, any rating will do. Uh, obviously. All right. But that's all we got for this episode. Hopefully, it brought you some value and helped you get just a little bit better at fantasy hockey today. All the advanced stats you heard from today came from Natural Stat Trick, which is a terrific free resource. Right, Nate? Right. That is all right. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Uh, shout out to uh, Natural Stat Many thanks to the band. they are there for supplying the music for the podcast. Be sure to check out their Spotify as well. And that's it, folks. Celebrate your day. Bye for now.